Hey everyone, it's Corey again. Our episode 3 roundtable went a little bit long, so instead of cutting out a bunch of decent material and never seeing it again, we decided to throw it up as a mini-sode. If you haven't listened to episode 3 yet, make sure you check that out first so you know the context here. Hope you enjoy it. So yeah, what do you think? Because I've seen, you know, obviously I'm communicating with a lot of hosts um, being apparently the guru of of Google Sheets uh, at this point in the space. Uh, What do you think of using an app versus uh, being able to fill out something that's ubiquitous as like a Google form in terms of getting people to easily understand how to participate? Does anybody in here have any kind of opinions on which way is better or worse than the other or which way you'd like to go in a perfect world? I think my biggest issue as a host I personally feel like either one is going to be pretty easy for the players to to pick up and figure out. But I'm paranoid about cheating. It's not as big of an issue right now because, you know, I'm not giving away prizes. But Right, right. I at least on the app, you know, it gives me a, a flag alert if somebody, you know, changes tabs on their phone. It'll say, "Hey, you know, this person didn't stay on the app." And when you're just doing one question, one answer, they don't have as much time to look up an answer or do whatever they're going to do there. And so I'm just I'm terrified about that aspect of it as far as using Google Forms and letting people do a full 10 question round. And that's that's been the hump that I've been trying to get over. I don't I don't know how to let myself feel OK with that. Yeah, I go back and forth about that, too. And um I, my first game, I had someone who I think just didn't understand what was going on was posting answers in the chat. Mm-hmm. And I went on a huge rant about how fucked up it is that, like, this is something we're doing for fun. We're all just doing this for fun. Why are you ruining it for everyone? The same thing with cheaters. And one of my regulars posts in the chat, he's like, wow, that was a typical Aaron shaming. <laughs> like, oh, all right. But, you know, th- the issue I'm running into is that I have some regulars. They're not my regulars. They're people I know from the trivia community who play my game who are going to be getting a perfect score, only missing one or two. So, like, even if people are cheating, they're not going to beat these guys who are winning organically. But it is something I worry about, and I've kind of just had to make peace with it. Like, if you're cheating at my my live game, it shouldn't, but it hurts my feelings, and I know that it's ridiculous that I... I feel upset that people are taking advantage of me when they're doing it at the live game, because there are, like, 20 bucks to the bar isn't a big deal, but there is money on the line. But in the online space, like, if you need to get your jollies by cheating at a free stream of bar trivia, hey man, these are weird times. I'm not going to, you're a dick, but I'm not going to make a fuss out of it. I very much take cheating personally at my live shows, but because I feel like they're hurting my regulars. You know, it's, it's yeah, not usually true. the regulars that are cheating. It's, you know, these people that yeah. come in and have never played before. And I'm like, hey, you know, these people come here every week for years and they work hard to to get their prizes and they're having fun and being fair and yeah it's i i think it's that feeling is kind of crossing over into the online thing and why i'm having trouble with it and i i do need to just let it go yeah yeah i think the fact that a lot of these online streams especially the ones that we're doing aren't providing tangible prizes of any type definitely helps just reduce the feeling that somebody wants to look up an answer because there's there's no real sense in winning other than oh I did good on this yeah uh, as opposed to oh I won you know a gift card to this location because of it so mercifully at least on my end I haven't had too many issues that 
stemmed to me like somebody was looking stuff up, you know, and every every one of us writes those questions knowing, hey, I know that if somebody gets this, it's going to be a red flag or if somebody puts a particular answer on this, it's going to jump out to me. So we, we have some mechanisms in place just as writers, and I don't even know if we do it intentionally or not. But we've all experienced that, I would assume, where you see an answer come in from a team that, you know, uh, you don't know or is doing really well, better than expected. And you can look at it and go, yeah, they're 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 probably looking shit up. Haven't had that issue, thankfully. Yeah. When I get those answers, I then go back through their other answer sheets and I go, huh, it's it's fun to to look at that stuff. So I will say this uh, before we get off the topic of cheating. I was uh, competing, like I said earlier uh, in the podcast on uh, a friend's competitive uh, event on Twitch. And I'm also working the backend management. So once we submit our answers, I'm able to look in and see what's going on, um, you know, for bug support reasons. And, um, you know, he did a preemptive tiebreaker question that um, I just happened to catch that the team that submitted immediately after us got to the nose. Like the number is exactly right. Uh, And I didn't think too much about it until two things happened later in the stream. One was that uh, the person who had written the tiebreaker pulled the wrong research on one of the aspects of it. Uh, So the number was, you know, the correct answer was off by several factors. And then two, it was the only team all night in that stream who had complained that they weren't being graded correctly. (laughs) So the combination of those three things just really threw red flags up from me as a hoster. I'm like, I... I don't want to accuse anybody, but boy, if I were gonna, it would be this particular team. <laughs> oh, hey, this is very off topic, but uh, who here has alcohol? Me. Not uh, right now. I let me reach it. down to my handle of Captain Morgan, and I'm good. Oh, yeah. I've You're got going some, hard, some man. Jameson and some Diet Coke. Behind, I'm, it's the latest for me too. It's four, little five. It's almost five o'clock here, and I'm just drinking beer. The rest of y'all are slugging hard stuff. Oh, I yeah. feel like I'm doing this. All oh, I'm time. not drinking it. I'm just looking at it lovingly. <laughs> That's weird. He holds it. He's thinking of drinking oh. it very soon. <laughs> I, I am. It. In fact, if you listen, there it is, swishing in the microphone right now, calling to yeah, me I, like I, I have a drinking problem. We've gotten into ASMR. All right. We need to do some socials. We need to come up with some uh, podcast drinking game rules. Uh, anytime Props. we talk, take a drink. How about that? <laughs> oh, this will be a very short podcast. <laughs> so I woke up this morning with a hangover because I drank basically all day yesterday. And I was like, I'm going to try to only drink Thursday through Saturday because Thursday night's my game. and I have to drink oh. when I'm hosting or it doesn't count. Um, and then it's the weekend. And then I started talking to you guys and I went to the fridge to get a snack. And I was like, oh, but I've got this crowler that I need to drink because, you know, I do. Because it exists. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oh, I miss going and getting a beer so much. I've got a 24-pack of PBR on the porch, so I'm good. I did say beer, though. Bear that in mind. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Are you you trying to shame me? Uh, Not so much you, but yeah, definitely. Cheaters make us drink. That's what happens. (laughs) That's That's how that all ties in. That's true. Um, I want to share a little story. Oh, I was going to talk more about drinking too much. You tell a relevant story, please. I mean, I kind of like drinking too, though. Yeah. I the, the extent of the story was we went, my buddy and I went out and got a very complicated board game and then played it and drank half. We split a case of White Claw and then started making Manhattans, which is the official drink of Orange Crat Trivia. And then it was 2 a.m. That's the story. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. 
I think we'll talk about drinking more in a second here. I don't see that topic going away. No, but, that's uh, going to be a mainstay, I think. I uh, This is a long, convoluted story, and I'm going to try to shorten it. We'll see how well it goes. Um, a couple months ago, I found Critical Role, uh, Ooh, which is a okay. D&D. Yeah, they're, they're yes. D&D, a bunch of voice actors. They stream on Twitch. They upload all their, their content to YouTube. And uh, so I started watching that, but I only watch them on YouTube. I don't watch them on Twitch because uh, we're talking like anywhere from three to five hour long episodes, right? So I'll watch them on YouTube and I'll, I'll watch it sped up uh, 150%. So it, I, I did the math. I was only watching their second season or second campaign. And by the time I got caught up, I had saved myself like 30 hours of view time by watching it sped up. And it wasn't too bad. So, ah, uh, and I'm getting so far off track here. <laughs> I'm not even drunk yet. Yeah, I'm dying to know where this is going. Yeah, I, I don't care where the destination is. I'm loving the journey. <laughs> I, because of that, I really got on this, this kick of watching uh, Dungeons and Dragons happening. And I have got myself now where I can't watch critical role on Twitch because they're moving too slow <laughs> because they're not, they're not physically sped up. So I've started, uh, when we were, when I was still hosting live on Wednesday nights, when I would get home, uh, it was always around 1130 or midnight my time. And, uh, there was a, Twitch channel that I just found randomly. I, I hopped on Twitch and I looked in the Dungeons and Dragons category, and there's this group that uh, plays every Wednesday night at midnight. And it turns out I found out after a couple weeks they're they're only like four hours away from me. So I started watching them. It was power level on Twitch, and I'd watch them every Wednesday night, and I'd get to know them and a lot of the other uh, streamers that they support and that support them. And so when everything went down and I had to make the switch over to uh, online streaming to Twitch, this was maybe a month after I had first discovered Power Level. And I got to jump into it with kind of a, a support group uh, already pre-built of these people that I've never met before. I've, I've watched them stream and talk and I've, you know, subscribed to them and donated to them. And suddenly they were being super helpful and super generous with me uh and in fact jeremy uh the last like three times that i've caught jeremy's stream he's been uh raiding at the end of it one of those people gargirl of the night um he goes oh to that's and, who that is but, okay yeah yeah so that was just some random person that i met through this random dungeons and dragons group that i just randomly stumbled upon uh it's been a series of of random and fortuitous events that have uh, kind of helped, and I, and I like to think that they've kind of kept me going through this, just through their support and their positivity. But I wanted to see, with that convoluted story that went absolutely nowhere, <laughs> um, what have you experienced from the online streaming community? Have you seen anything like that? Have you noticed the the streamer supporting streamer? Um, you know, just kind of what's what's your feel on all of that? I I wouldn't say I've seen it so much as a streamer, just, you know, in the general sense. 
uh, but definitely more as a trivia host who has begun streaming. Um, the last three weeks, I have had people honestly coast to coast and even internationally reach out to me um, because they found out, you know, I had some tools that they could use uh, through various social media posts. So I'm in simultaneous communications with people in British Columbia, in Portland, uh, Los Angeles, New York, New Jersey, uh, Florida, just just all over the damn place at this point. And uh, I keep running into these people in the same social media circles, you know, the same Facebook groups. And, uh, you know, I've befriended them now on Facebook. So I see that we have the same like circle of 40 or 50 mutual friends. And plenty of those are, you know, just rabid trivia players. Um, so I think, I mean, it's a niche community for sure, but it's a community that we're all kind of mutually benefiting from. Uh, and that it's just wonderful. It's the ability to just sit and have a conversation uh, through a stream or even off stream with somebody that, you know, three weeks ago you had never met because you have such strong mutual interests. Um, you know, it's it, it's good for social expansion more than it even is for professional expansion. I I realized where I was actually going with that story. Oh, good. That I, <laughs> that I lost myself on. Um, so, I'm... So terrible. I need to take a drink. Um, I'll join you. With that, <laughs> oh, I'll, I got you, man. I'll, all right, fuck it. Let's take the drink right now. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Everyone. Yeah, I'm gonna grab my uh, my new branded company shot glass. Ah. Those showed up this week. I'm gonna hit my mic. Is that a cheers? There we go. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. Nothing like Jameson before two. Nothing like Jameson um, <laughs> before two in the afternoon. <laughs> it's um, five o'clock here. You're fine. What's perfect. time at this point? <laughs> Something no, that we don't have enough of. So, uh, so yeah, what I was where I was going with that story was, I kind of had like a built-in viewership as soon as I started. Um, a lot of them were pushing me and promoting me on their social media and they were coming in and watching. So I, on like my second or third uh, streamed event, I wound up doing an Australian round because a bunch of Australians uh, that had found out about me through that long tail uh, were coming and supporting. So, but that, that led me into, <laughs> that <laughs> led me into uh, how are you getting viewers? What what has been your experience with that? And I really want to throw it to Calvin because uh, he's been pretty quiet for a little bit now. Um, at least on Twitch, I know you can just search random things and different things will be recommended. And I've gotten some random viewers through that. But on Zoom, how are you uh, getting viewers? What has been your your experience with that? This is This was kind of my fork in the road when I initially forayed into virtual trivia, it's do I want to be, quote, public facing or do I want to keep it kind of on the download? And ultimately, I chose the latter. So for Zoom, actually, this is this was an interesting issue for me. So I am not personally friends with a lot of the regulars who participate in my trivia, even though I see them every week for two hours a week. But anyway, um, so there are people who follow me or know about my website. I use Twitter mainly to post notifications just because I 
had I just picked that seemed like the best fit at the time. And once the whole shutdown happened, I realized there's a bunch of regulars who have no idea how to contact me. So I bet you there's still a couple of regulars that don't know my virtual trivia is going on, and I don't know how to contact them. And I know what they look like. I know their names, but I don't know how to contact them. So I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Uh, for the time being, Twitter kind of got the word out pretty well. And uh, I get about have about 60 to 70 people show up, including some of my personal connections who want to try it out, who were never able to participate. I know the other host in San Francisco gets a lot more because his social network is bigger. But I I kind of like keeping it private. You know, like I, I like the only people attending to be acquaintances of people who are already attending. And I think it keeps things more intimate, as I alluded to earlier. Um, it kind of prevents cheating, right? Like, why would you be a dick to your friends by cheating if that's the case? And as long as I don't suffer any technical issues, I I'm, I'm, think I'm pretty happy with that. So I think that's my take on this. Are you doing anything to monetize that? Or is it just... You're okay. Fun with your. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh -oh. feel like uh, no. So the short answer is, um, I. The first time I did it, I did not. I told people I will tell them how they can compensate me in the next game, and I almost got away with it again in the second game. I did something simple. I just linked my Venmo account. I don't have anything else set up. I briefly thought about making like a trivia specific one, but then I realized that people have seen my name around in so many contexts. If they want to find out who I am, they can easily find out who I am. So I don't think the Venmo security thing was really an issue. And people are also more generous if it's someone that they've seen before in person. So maybe it was only because it was the first time. I definitely don't expect it to keep on going. But um, yeah, I kind of started this as mainly a way to fill the gap until we get regular trivia going. But it seems like people are happy and they want me to be happy. So I appreciate that. And I am thankful for that. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I want my people to be happy, but I also want to eat food. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've had to figure out monetizing. I, sh I should preface this also with um, I have a day job in addition to doing trivia. So this started off as kind of like a hobby turned side job, but at the same time, like I, I still have to spend between nine and five working. So I try to do trivia on the off time, sometimes a little bit during work, but that's okay. That brings up a really good uh, point. And we're turning this into kind of a super extravaganza of podcast here, uh, pushing it a little bit long, but Jason, uh, you and I, we this is our day job uh trivia and entertainment yeah. is is our full-time uh source of income how have you uh what's been your experience with monetizing the online entertaining uh if i can be real with you guys for a moment i feel like a whore mm -hmm. very much <sighs> um yeah yeah i mean i've set up a patreon i'm you know 
I, I don't want to use the term beg, but you know, I'm firmly asking and encouraging people to subscribe to my channel on Twitch because we get a little monetization from that. Um, you know, I encourage people to, to use bits, which are uh, like micro currency on Twitch that you can use to celebrate things. Uh, I have a Venmo, a Zelle, a PayPal and a cash app set up. Uh, my wife did all the back end on that because um, people honestly were asking, well, hey, you know, we don't necessarily want to make a, a monthly contribution. We just want to, you know, say thank you one time. Can we do that? So she was kind enough to set all of that up. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't love the position I'm in. Because at the end of the day, going into everything that happened this year, um, my business model was that I'm, you know, a trivia host, but really the nuts and bolts of it is I am a venue draw. I am somebody exactly. that, yeah, that a bar or a restaurant brings in because they're going to make more money for paying me than they would if they didn't. And now I have to take that monetization kind of scheme directly to the end user in a way that I've never up until this year felt comfortable even considering. But I have to do it. It's 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 rough. I've been afraid to to do that. I mean, I created all of those accounts, but I hate the feeling of asking people to to donate and to help out. Um, I mean, we need to make money, but I know that they're kind of. I don't know. It's rough. I hate it. Jeremy, what about you? Um. Well, you know, I'm kind of in Calvin's boat where I actually have the day job, and luckily, it's in the uh, grocery support industry, so. Um, essential I'm personnel. not going to be out. Yeah, I'm essential personnel right now. Uh, but are you drinking right now? And if I not, am. why? <laughs> uh, I am. <laughs> and the uh, the big thing is though, and this is the reason I I push Jason uh, really hard towards going Twitch. Uh, is uh, looking at all the platforms out there. Uh, you know, he said he doesn't like to ask for money, and I I get that. Um, I'm not pushing stuff on my channel, even though I can. Uh, I I mean, you have to get to a certain point before Twitch allows you to monetize. Uh, but when they do, I feel they're the platform out there that allows you to monetize the most compared to the other ones. Um, there's a lot of or at least in, the easiest. Uh, there's a lot of built-in stuff to their channels. You've got your subscriptions that you can give to people if you like their channel, which is five dollars or more a month. Um, you got your free Twitch Prime subscriptions, which you can give to somebody, which gives the host I think two fifty to three dollars a month. Uh, mm -hmm. For free. If you have Amazon Prime, you get a Twitch Prime for free. You just have to link your accounts and you get a free subscription to anybody you want. You get one a month. So you can do that. So a lot of people can give their Twitch Prime that haven't given it to anybody before. Um, you've got your bits, like Jason mentioned, where you can uh, donate every hundred bits is one dollar. So every one bit is a penny. Uh, and you can choose any amount you want uh, to donate to a channel. So people will get onto. Uh, something called a, they have a hype train thing that'll happen if three people do any sort of donation or um, subscription within like a one minute window, it starts a hype train and you get you can unlock emotes like they make it a game to help get their hosts or their uh, streamers money. Um, and then if you eventually make it up to partner, which is like the next step, where you have to have like 75 average viewers, uh, then you can actually get more of a cut of that. So they take less money. Um yeah, don't don't partners get to negotiate their split with Twitch? Uh, when you get oh. to a certain point, I've heard yes. Like when you first become partner, like it's like there, there's a set thing. But if you prove that you're a big streamer, then yeah, you can actually you they actually do allow you to negotiate with them. Um, and the big thing is like it it opens up where Facebook doesn't have those things, Zoom doesn't have those things. 
uh, Skype doesn't have those things or any other platform that you might use the this on. Um, I don't know about Mixer. They're newer. And there's another one out there, like I said, I cannot remember the name of it, that just started that's trying to take these guys on who will never will because you have the two giant ones. I don't see another one stepping into the space. Um, I mean, there's YouTube out there too, uh, but YouTube, unless you're getting 100,000 plus views, you're not making money. Uh, that's just how it is. Um, and well, I think you can monetize YouTube live through uh, like super chats, can't you? Yeah, there's ways to do it, but it's it's never going to be the same as the way Twitch has done it. Twitch has made it so um, they basically they made a platform for you to make money. It wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't something else. That was the reason they made it. Where can people stream their games and where can they make money doing it? Um, and that's why I, I like I said I I personally push that uh, for Liquid Courage and anybody else who's been trying to get on board is like, hey. You guys don't have, you know, your basic, basically what would be considered your day job right now because everything going on. How do you get straight into the money-making space? Um, you need three average viewers. You need 12 hours of streaming. And uh, I forgot the third thing. Oh, uh, 50 like followers. 50 followers. 50 yeah. followers of your channel. And you can start making money. That's it. It's a very low point of entry. You can get it within seven days. And the only reason you need seven days is because you have to have seven days of streaming in order to hit that one of the goals. Um, other than that, the three followers or the three, the three viewers for people who do, uh, trivia shows all the time, not a problem, uh, for the 50 followers, again, not a problem. You can even just post something on Facebook and tell people, Hey, tell your friends, just follow my channel. Following's free. Following doesn't require a monetary investment on anybody's part. It's easy to get the followers. The thing is just doing it for seven days. After that, you can make money. It's, and the only catch is they don't pay you out until you've made at least a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. That's the catch. So it's not like, Hey, I made 20 bucks. I'm gonna get a $20 check. No, you have to wait till you make the hundred dollars and then they pay you out like the first of the next month afterwards. And it's anything up to that point. So anything a hundred dollars or over. Um, but again, there's games built in. There's ways to interact with your audience that all involve them giving you 30 cents. Uh, and it all adds up over time. And, it's a platform that, again, was built around that. Like I said, on my channel, I don't push it that much because I, I don't need to. I would love to make a couple hundred bucks a month at some point. That'd be fantastic. Um, but again, for Jason and Corey and anybody else who you know, literally lost their main source of income, it is a fantastic platform to get into, and there are a lot of tools there to do it. Uh, Aaron, do you have anything to, to jump in with here? I know that you uh, said you're, really. you're on yeah. Facebook. No, that's fair. Yeah, and I'm. I'm have people have people approached you about it? Yeah. So what I do um, is similar to kind of what everyone else says, and I'm with I'm with Jason and the rest of y'all on this. Like I feel like a whore, and I hate it. When I hosted at my brewery, I brought people into the brewery who'd never heard of it. They wrote me a check and they fed me beer once a week, and that was a great agree arrangement. At the time, it was supplemental. Um, I have since become unemployed. I find myself <laughs> without a job. So what ends up happening is um, at the end of my show, I put up my Venmo, people drop me into my Venmo and that I tell people like, I'm not using this to buy myself exquisite things. I'm using this to pump money back into my economy to buy food. Like here's where I got takeout from tonight. Here's what I've been doing with this money in my city. Um, and I've actually gotten some pretty positive feedback on that. People saying like, hey, thank you for plugging such and such a place. Thank you for supporting local business because you know, I'll be fine. I'm worried about the places like my brewery, uh, like my favorite restaurants. So it's this interesting dance of like, yeah, please chip in because I'm not making any money right now. But also 
if not me, then someone, if you can. I think a lot of people um, are in a similar boat to me where like, I have X dollars to support. Go do something good with it. Don't buy something off Amazon. Buy something from your local bookstore. Like that's sort of what I'm trying to do. And I don't know. It feels somehow more altruistic than just saying, please give me money for beer. But it sucks. It sucks a lot. And I don't like it. Yeah, I think ultimately, as long as, you know, the people that, you know, are looking in a sense, up to us, uh, as long as we're kind of approaching them with this mentality that, hey, you know, even if you're not in a position to support us, make sure, you know, wherever right now you're spending your money um, is a good choice for you. It's It supports the places you want to see continue to, to thrive throughout all of this, uh, be it, you know, a restaurant or a local, you know, bookstore or game shop. Find the ways to support your community when you can. Exactly. And if I'm that community, cool. And if not, also cool. Just put it somewhere mm-hmm. that you get value from. Also, subscribe to all of us on Patreon. Where do we go? Had anybody jump in and expose themselves? Well, not necessarily that to that <laughs> level. I mean, that that's like a horror story. Have, have but... you felt the need to expose yourself, Calvin? Because <laughs> yeah, we can make that happen if you need it. Oh yeah, that, I don't think it's Zoom bombing when the host chooses. You can to expose do all yourself this. here on the podcast. <laughs>